Well, the, the biggest thing I'm obsessed with right now is modified fasting. And what I'm discovering is that there's a, this volume of research uh, coming out, especially out of USC, showing that you can actually eat a certain amount and achieve all the benefits of fasting. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What did you eat? How'd you do it? If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way. And each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. And I'm so thrilled to announce and introduce our next guest. She is the original Green Smoothie Girl. She's the founder of greensmoothiegirl.com. She's also the author of 15 health and wellness books, including the USA Today bestseller Vibe and her all-time bestseller, The Green Smoothies Diet. She has been featured in so many different online summits, keynote speakers, and different health and personal growth events. So please help me welcome Robin Openshaw. Hey, Chantel. Nice to meet you all. Thanks for having me. So I know that your son's health journey uh, has had a major impact on you. Can you tell the listeners about how those journeys and how they led you to create Green Smoothie Girl? Yeah, my um, son, when he was first born, he was healthy. And then when I, he was about seven months old and I had spent six years in infertility treatments and had several miscarriages and he was a, he was the fifth artificial insemination is when he was conceived. And I had lost, I lost his twin. He was a twin. So it was quite a journey to even get him here. And when he was seven months old, I weaned him onto, uh, you know, formula. And that's when his health just really tanked. And he was in and out of hospitals and emergency rooms. And he was on lots of uh, antibiotics and bronchodilators. Every four hours, we have to strap a gas mask kind of thing to his face. Um, and when he was prescribed his fifth course of liquid steroids and here I was running into the emergency room in the middle of the night. Sometimes he was hospitalized and he was only 15 months old when he was prescribed his fifth course of liquid steroids. Um, he had already been diagnosed failure to thrive because he had fallen below the fifth percentile for weight. Keep in mind, I'm five, eight, his dad, six, four run to the family, six, four offensive lineman. Like this kid was born nine pounds, 23 inches. And here he is. A year later, failure to thrive. And what I was I was given the fifth course of liquid steroids, and the doctor said, by the way, this is guaranteed to stunt his growth. And that was the day that the realization hit me, what we're doing isn't working. And just putting myself in the hands of the doctors and giving him all these drugs, this is not going to lead to a good outcome. And that's the day that I started to take responsibility for his health and for mine. I was overweight, bordering on obese. And uh, I changed our diet. To make a very long story short, I changed our diet and I changed it radically. I had watched my grandmother beat stage four metastatic melanoma cancer. Um, you know, some 15 years before that, I had seen her say no to chemo and radiation. And instead, she did this crazy juicing, plant-based, no sugar, no animal products, for two years and she was supposed to die in a year 
And instead, she lived another 20 years. And she was actually there when all four of my babies were born. And so I had seen how powerful nutrition was. And so I went back to that. And I was like, well, what if nutrition is part of the problem here? I didn't know that the foods that I was feeding my baby were what were at the root of his problems. Because I was just feeding him what everybody else did. You know, lots of cow's milk, lots of ice cream, otter pops, sugar, cinnamon raisin bread was a staple at the time that I had this awareness. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to change everything here. I have chicken nuggets. These are the kinds of things. I was feeding my son the same things everybody else was. And I radically changed our diet and never had him. Not only did I never have him on a steroid, I never did give him that fifth course of liquid steroids, never again on steroids, never again on antibiotics. Then I went on to have three more children and they're all adults. Now that boy grew up to be, um, a MVP of a, a state championship winning uh, baseball team. He was, he had headed the state for RBIs. He was six foot three, his senior year of high school, he pitched a, a shutout in the state playoffs um, and was named most valuable player. He wasn't, he wasn't headed there when he was 15 months old and diagnosed failure to thrive. It was getting him off of dairy and sugar and processed meat. And we went to a whole foods diet to see if it could do for him what it had done for my grandmother. And um, it gave him his destiny, destiny back. Then I had three more children. And with them, I didn't make those same mistakes. I never fed them garbage food. And they're all adults now and um, getting to live out their destiny. So it made me a believer in doing things a little different than other mothers were doing, feeding all their kids garbage foods. And I, I had a lot of challenges along the way dealing with that. I had a lot of challenges with people who thought I was crazy and why aren't you going with the flow and why don't you let your kids eat the garbage that the teacher feeds them? And, you know, I had to take a stand many times along the way because I was feeding my child, my children later differently than everybody else. And I, and I was not opting into all the medical treatments either. In many cases, I was studying what I could do that's natural. that doesn't harm the immune system. And I became very, very educated on the subject. And that's how Green Smoothie Girl started is I put that website up 13 years ago when my family went on the ABC Disney show Wife Swap. And um, you did, you went yeah. on that show? Yes. Oh my gosh, I need to watch that episode. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. I generally don't help people find it because, but I mean, it, it airs on the Lifetime channel to this day. I mean, it was 13 years ago, but I mean, ABC Disney really wanted to, they really want to string you up for something, right? And so the things they honed in on, I knew they were going to hone in on the green smoothies. But if you do go find it, you know, a lot of stuff is posed. Like, you know, they wanted me behind my son practicing the piano with my hands on my hips. Well, that is not actually something I would do. Like they went and found things in my closet that they thought were like super conservative and like the overachiever mom type outfits. And they made me wear this pair of dockers over and over again. I'm like, I don't even know where you got that in my closet. Like, I don't wear dockers, right? And so they would tell me to get out of the jeans and put the dockers on. They would it was it was very, very manipulated. The thing I didn't see coming, so the the green smoothies, I was not surprised that that the fact that I fed my kids a, a pint of green smoothies every day and what I put in it, I totally expected that would be in the show. The thing I didn't expect is that they made out that I am so obsessed with efficiency that I force all my children to celebrate their birthdays on the same day, which not only isn't true. But they didn't mention that all four of my kids are um, born within two weeks of each other. And so when the family came from out of town and traveled for hours to be there, yeah, we would have the family party. But we, I never had a combined friend party. And I did all the things that all the other moms did. But, so 
don't recommend anybody go on wife swap. I hear it's still going on. I didn't know it, but yeah, that's the backstory there. That is hysterical. Well, if you had to give listeners your top three wellness tips, what would they be and why? Oh gosh. Um, well, the, the biggest thing I'm obsessed with right now is modified fasting and I've been doing it, putting it into play. I've been, you know, I just wrote this little book here about, uh, how to get the health benefits of fasting without going hungry. And I know that fasting is your jam. And what I'm discovering is that there's a, this volume of research uh, coming out, especially out of USC, the Longevity Institute at USC by Dr. Walter Longo and his colleagues, showing that you can actually eat a certain amount and achieve all the benefits of fasting. You have to do it in a prescribed way. You have to you know, eat within a certain window. You're familiar with this, and I'm sure your audience is familiar with intermittent fasting. This is kind of like the next step after intermittent fasting, but not as hardcore as water fasting, which I've also done. I've done four long water fasts in the last four years. That was before I discovered intermittent fasting. So fast regularly. It's your best cancer prevention. It's your best way to keep your cholesterol and your blood pressure low. It's um, the best way to keep yourself out of you know mood disorders like anxiety and depression. Secondly, don't eat processed meat, dairy, and sugar. If you get rid of three things, get rid of those. And I'm assuming with that, that you're not drinking a lot and you're not drinking soda and some of those really bad things. But those are the things, three things that I feel like most Americans are eating. And, and just getting rid of those early on, I didn't even know how to cook whole foods, but eating mostly um, whole foods, plant-based diet and getting rid of sugar, dairy, and processed meat will be huge for your health. And then thirdly, drink a quart of green smoothie every day. Life-changing. Awesome. So in my newest edition of my book, Waste Away, I talk about how people don't have to deprive themselves when it comes to food, but everyone needs to decide for themselves what are their red light, yellow light, and green light foods. And so red light is things like, if I eat this, I feel horrible. Like there's no way I want to eat this. And then yellow light is things that you don't eat very often, but you don't feel great when you eat that. So what would be your personal red light and yellow light foods? Yeah, for me, I like that. I like that metaphor of the red, yellow, and green. Um, green light, I I eat, probably eat more greens than anybody you know. And it's because I got my health back doing that, eating lots of greens. I mean, our cousins, the primates, who we share more than 98% of our DNA with, um, they eat greens all day long and they eat a wide variety of them. So because I drink at least a quart of green smoothie a day, I would say greens are my are my biggest green light. And all um, all vegetables, lots and lots of vegetables and greens. Um, and nuts and seeds and legumes and whole grains. Those are the things where I don't count it. I don't weigh it. I don't worry about the calories of it. Um, I would love to tell you that I don't ever drink wine and I don't ever eat sugar. I'm actually on January 1st taking a sugar bed and I've done it before for a whole year, but for a whole year, um, a couple friends and my boyfriend and I are going completely off of sugar and flour. And I'm excited about it because then it makes it, it gamifies it and I'm accountable to someone else. And so it kind of like just takes away the debate that goes on in your head. You know, when you're like, am I going to eat this? Like, um, you know, like today my boyfriend has these Carmelita bars in our house and I'm like, oh, they're so good. Am I going to have one after lunch? You know, like when we don't have it in our house and when we have to pay each other $10,000 if we screw up on the bet, then we don't do it. So that's yellow, like um, alcohol, sugar. It's not good for me. Um, 
And there are things I absolutely will not eat. The red ones, the, the red light ones are don't drink soda. Don't eat hydrogenated fats. I don't eat processed meat. Like it's pretty rare that I even eat meat at all. I'm, you know, like good 95% plant-based for the last 25 years. Um, and that really got my health back, my sons and my health back. That's why I shifted my whole family to, and I raised my children on probably for them, 90% plant-based. Cause I actually said I would make homemade like kefir from goat, raw goat milk. And I really felt that that was a really good part of their diet, especially when they're little and they're babies and they need to be gaining weight. Um, so that for them is more like 90% plant-based for me, I've been 95% plus plant-based for years. So for me, processed meat is just a never, I'm talking about like bologna and salami and, and sausage and uh, bacon, that kind of thing. They're just hot dogs, cancer sticks, right? Um, hydrogenated fat, uh, and, um, pork, no pork of any kind. So those are the red light ones for me. So let me ask you, um, I just watched this movie Game Changers on Netflix. Have you seen that? I haven't, but everybody keeps saying it to me. And I intend to. My daughter, who's 24, graduated college a year ago. She she just came in my office a few days ago and was like, Mom, have you seen Game Changers yet? She was talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, in it. And I said, that's funny because um, – my daughter has been vegetarian since she's 11. So she's been vegetarian for 13 years. She has not eaten animal flesh in 13 years. And I'm trying to talk her into going vegan because I tell her, I would rather have you eat clean animal flesh for your health. She, she's kind of a ecological animals rights sort of vegetarian. Um, and I, I, I've told her, I would rather have you eat animal flesh than eat the dairy products that she still does eat a little bit of. So I'm talking about milk and cheese and cream and stuff like that. So um, I have not seen it. And I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. But she was talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I said, you know what? I read a quote of Arnold Schwarzenegger's from years ago. And his friend was Bill Pearl, who was a vegetarian um, Mr. Universe. As I said, I remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger said, Bill Pearl didn't convince me to be a vegetarian but Bill Pearl convinced me that a vegetarian can become Mr. Universe. So great quote, right? And now he's gone way more plant-based and he's done a great service to the, um, to the whole ecosystem because when someone like Schwarzenegger speaks up and says, as big and massive and bodybuilder as I am, I'm eating mostly plants. It, it does a lot more for us than me pointing out, hey, everyone, the primates, they don't lack for muscle mass and all they eat is plants. Um, it really helps us tell the story. So I'm excited to see it. What do you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was great. I I personally think that, you know, 70 to 80% of your diet should come from plants. Um, and I think just a huge, like, that's where you should get your, you should have, you know, a 70 to 80% plant-based diet. I do think that my one concern is that B12 is, you cannot get them from plants. So you have to take a supplement. And I believe that anything that you have to take a supplement, like you should be able to live without having to be on a supplement. But I think that if you need, you know, like I'm really big on listening to your body. And so like I eat tons of plants. If my body says, 
hey, you are craving like meat or craving this or craving that, I do think you should listen to your body. And that a lot of that means that there's a nutrient that you need that you're not getting as long as you're filling the rest of your body with, you know, plant-based things that I, that's how I personally like to live. And I feel that you shouldn't, that's the big piece is where do you get your B12 from if you aren't having any, any kind of dairy or meat or stuff like that? Where do I get my B12? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't eat meat and I haven't been B12 deficient in 25 years. And a lot of people who do eat meat are B12 deficient. So that it, that's definitely kind of a thing that's out there that you can't get B12 if you don't eat meat. It's not actually entirely true. And a lot of meat eaters get it from, um, a lot of meat eaters are also B12 deficient, which I think is more about gut disease than anything. But B12 is in the soil. And so if you eat organic produce and you just don't wash it very well, I've grown my own um, vegetables and some fruits and a lot of greens um, for many years. I don't now, um, since my kids are grown, I don't have the big garden I used to, but I would assume that because I don't worry about scrubbing my organic vegetables off, that the B12 that's in the soil, which is the same place that the cow gets it, um, to pass it along to a human, I would assume that that's why I'm not B12 deficient. And of course, people who eat plants, there's actually an argument for people who eat only plants you know, maybe deficient in a, in a few things. Uh, there's definitely people who make that argument, but I haven't seen any like longitudinal research about it. I mean, two thirds of the planet eats um, plant-based is vegetarian or vegan. Two thirds of the people alive on the planet right now are vegetarian or vegan, not because they read a diet book or because they like took up a cause and like beat people up about it and go on Facebook. And <laughs> you know, that old joke about how can you tell someone's a vegetarian? Don't worry. They'll tell you. <laughs> So, but I don't talk about that. Like on Green Smoothie Girl, I don't talk about being vegetarian or vegan because I feel like it's polarizing. And so it's not really a thing for me to try to tell other people where to be. But I do want to point out that all of the blue zones, all of the five areas of the world that have been very heavily studied because they have 30 times more centenarians than North America does, for instance, all there's, there's one blue zone that's in North America and it's the vegetarian Seventh-day Adventist in Loma Linda, California. So there's one North American population that actually lives to be over a hundred at a, a multiplier rate of those of us eating the standard American diet. And um, all five of the blue zones eat 90 to 100% plant-based. So I'm not arguing for any specific percentage. Um, my body used to crave it. I'm not sure if it's um, a nutrient we're craving, if we crave meat or if it's like what we came from, you know, I think it's sort of easy for me to be plant-based because when my grandmother, when my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer, she, my, my grandparents owned a produce company. So produce was free for them. And my, my mother grew up in that environment. And so my mother never made meat for us. Then I got married and then I was eating meat and lots of processed food from the influence of the family I married into and then I had this baby and then we both had all these health problems and I was overweight, but I, I grew up like my whole family, there's not a single overweight person in the family and everybody ate plant-based. My mom just, we might've had an animal product once a week on Sunday dinner, um, but it was never like, it was never like a steak or like a, a slab of animal flesh. Like there might've been a little a bit of animal product in something that we ate. 
on Sunday night and that's it. That's it. And and it's not, we weren't dogmatic about it or anything like that. It's just what my mom knew how to make because they're always using everything up in the, in the warehouses that we owned. We owned the Romney produce um, company in the Southern States. And so anyways, it's just interesting things to think about. Um, I mean, the average, the standard American diet is 70 to 80% or is 20 to 30% animal products. But I, I think that lots of people can be healthy eating more animal products than the blue zones do possibly and eating more animal products than I do. Possibly that's entirely possible if we keep it to whole foods, right? I think once we start mixing in the processed food and the sugar and flour, which I, I actually rarely eat um, processed for sugar and flour. I don't like how I feel. Don't like how I feel. Don't like how I look. So. Awesome. Well, now the question I ask all my guests, take me through a normal day in the life of Robin. Like, what did you eat yesterday? When did you eat it? Did you work out? All of that. Yeah. So I'm a competitive tennis player. So I play tennis um, at the 4-0 uh, level and almost every morning I play tennis. So I get up in the morning and I get on my exercise bike and I do about 45 minutes to an hour of cardio. Very first thing. It's literally the first thing I do after I get up and drink a pint of water. You, you got to hydrate when you wake up. So I'll do, do my workout and then I'll go play tennis, which really for me is more fun than exercise. Um, and then for breakfast, um, my partner usually makes us a pink smoothie and it's a very sort of famous green smoothie girl recipe. You'd think that green smoothie would be our most famous recipe, but this pink smoothie is, it's so delicious. And what it is, and here's, I'll tell you exactly what it is for one serving, which is like a quart. Okay. This is mineral water right here, but this is a quart. It's the big jar, right? And it makes about a full quart. It's about 400 to 450 calories. It's got beets and carrots in it. So every day I have beets and carrots and it's delicious. So it's a cup and a half of coconut water. And I ferment it, by the way, you can put water kefir grains in it. If that's too advanced for you or too weird for you, don't worry about it. But I ferment my coconut water, a cup and a half of that. Then I put a chunk of a raw beet in it. Talk to people real quick about what do you do to ferment it? So you just... You have a cup and a half of it, but what do you do to get that fermenting process? Yeah. So you just get like uh, water kefir grains and you put them in there. And I have a vented lid on top. If I was in my kitchen, I could show you the vented lid allows you to drain it off into the blender. So every day I drain off into the blender and then I put another cup and a half of, right. I fill that it's the smaller jar, not this quart jar, but the pint jar that's half this size. Um, then I put more in for tomorrow in the water kefir grains. And the reason I do that is it's great for gut health because those water kefir grains are living organisms. They're colonies of living organisms and they, they populate your gut, gut with good bacteria. And, and most people don't realize that if they've ever taken an antibiotic, they wiped out all the good bacteria and that's most of your immune system. So if people are suffering, if they're getting sick over and over again, this is a good little tip. Make my pink smoothie and have your, um, have your coconut liquid coconut water is how they sell it at Costco or whatever uh ferment it ferment it with water kefir grains and you can get water kefir grains on Amazon or whatever and you can just keep reusing them you know they're not something you add to your blender you just keep those water kefir grains and they culture or ferment your coconut water so forget about all that if that's like too much cup and a half of coconut water a chunk of a beet I cut the skin off. The skin makes it taste a little bit earthy, but beets are so good for purifying your blood. Um, They actually pigment your skin a lot. Like I'm super, super fair. And it really helps me because I'm always out in the sun playing sports. 
chunk of a beet, a full carrot, like a big old carrot. Just cut it into pieces, throw it in your blender. Um, a handful of cashews. Okay, not roasted salted cashews, just the raw ones. And four dates. If you get whole dates, take the pits out. All right, so you got a cup and a half of coconut liquid, a chunk of a beet, a big old carrot, um, a handful of cashews, and four dates. Blend it all up till it's smooth in your Vitamix or your Blendtec or your Nutribullet, whatever you've got. And then add 12 large strawberries or about 10 ounces of frozen strawberries. Or you could do some strawberries and blueberries. Throw those frozen strawberries in there, blend it till it's smooth, and boom, you've got this amount, a nice breakfast of, I call it the hot pink breakfast smoothie. So that's breakfast. For lunch today, I'm going to have cut up, I have these spears of uh, a, a English cucumber, and I'm going to eat my favorite organic hummus, and I have a big quart of green smoothie that John made. It doesn't have any fruit in it. It's super hardcore. We've been like making jokes lately about how hardcore we can take our green smoothie. And then um, I don't even know what I'm going to have for dinner yet, but a lot of times I'll have another green smoothie and maybe some like lentils over rice and quinoa kind of thing. Awesome. I love it. And so for you, how often do you do a longer fast? Like if you're going to do a longer fast, how often do you do that? I don't do long fast now that I've not only studied modified fasting and integrated it into my lifestyle, um, but I've also developed the flash fast. Since I've done that, I actually canceled my annual water fast that I was going to go to True North in Santa Rosa this time and do a week-long fast. But you know what? When I do a water-only fast, I, I'm really not productive. I can't work, so I have to take a week of vacation. That's not exactly what I want to do with my vacation time. Um, so I canceled it, and I've done nine flash fasts in the last three months. I've been doing a flash fast three times a month and it is in our kit. It comes this, this little book, how to get the health benefits of fasting without going hungry comes in at your first time, but it's, and it's really inexpensive and it's organic and it's five mini meals that it gets you through the day. Our, our first hundred, 100 flash fasters, their average highest hunger level, according to their own self rating was 3.4. On a scale of one to 10, they told us the hungriest they got was 3.4, which is pretty cool because for three days, they're getting into that state of autophagy, that state of autophagy where your body is breaking down broken parts and it's such a great disease preventative. It's so great for keeping your belly flat. Awesome. We'll talk a little bit more about the modified fast. I know that um, we'll have a link that they can buy this modified fast and I actually have some of it right here but walk us through so like they have the you have like the flax seeds you have the protein meal you have the bar walk you walk someone through a day in the life of what they would do when they get the kit yeah so your kit I don't know if you have the whole box but the box has dividers and you've got your first day your second day and your third day and each day you have five mini meals and Four of them are shakes, right? We're working on some soups. I have some soups that are going to go in the kit really soon. But right now it's four shakes and one bar in a day. And the shakes are um, a superfood blend where that is higher in protein. So what we want is we want really good fiber and a little bit more protein than the average vegan diet would get. So you're getting higher protein and you're getting those good fats that that really help with satiety. So if you keep your five mini meals within a window of say nine to six, 
okay, about about 10 hours or less, and you space them out, there's no reason why you should get really hungry. Um, but, you know, I get up and I'll make the first two shakes and I'll put it in a big blender bottle and I'll throw greens in because you can add as many greens as you want to your shakes. You can add two of the five mini meals. You can also add up to two servings of non-starchy vegetables. So at the beginning of my three days, I'll steam a whole head of, um, of a cauliflower and a whole bunch of uh, asparagus. And the re only reason I steam cauliflower and asparagus is that I like those vegetables, you know. So you could you could do whatever vegetables you like, not potatoes or sweet potatoes. Those are higher in calories. And the, the clinical research about getting the health benefits of modified fasting, I'm talking everything from heart disease to cancer to autoimmune disease to correcting hormone imbalances to targeting belly fat, all of those autophagy and ketosis benefits, you got to keep under 800 calories or 800 calories or fewer. And so that's what everything in your kit, it keep, it's at 650 calories. So if you add two vegetables or one fruit, if I add a fruit, I'll take an entire banana. And when I make my shakes, which all you have to do is add water really, but you can add greens if you want to, and some of the sprouted flax. So you have a packet of sprouted flax for each day and you could add some to your shakes. And it's gonna really help keep your essential fatty acids at optimum levels. And it's really going to help um, with satiety as well and helping you absorb nutrition. Those good essential fatty acids help you um, absorb minerals really well from your food. So one, well, I just use the bar kind of in the middle of my day. And it's kind of my treat because it's really delicious. It's one of your five mini meals. And there's a little one page insert in your, in your kit. Um, and what I in the I played a competitive tennis match in the middle of the the hot Utah summer. Believe it or not, it was a yeah. I guess you can't see the snow outside the window, but two months ago, it was a hot Utah desert summer, and I have played a competitive match on day two and day three of the flash fast. And the reason that's exciting is that when I do a water fast, I'm out. All I really do is lie around and watch Netflix um, for the most part, because I just get a brain fog and I can't go out and go for even a two mile walk after the first or second day. And so it's really exciting to me that we can get the health benefits of fasting without the sort of misery that goes along with getting, you know, that hungry. That's awesome. I also love tennis. I am a competitive tennis player. I, some days I'm a 3.5, some days I'm a 4.0. You never know what, what day I'm, I'm going to be what level, but, um, I just recently broke my foot. I'm, oh no. I'm at six weeks right now. And I stepped on a tennis ball when I, it, it was, I was winning a tournament. I was in a tennis tournament. I was winning and somebody put a tennis ball from the other court, I didn't see it. And I was hitting a ball and I stepped on it and I actually broke my foot. So what? <laughs> it's like, 
Every tennis player's nightmare. That's why we're always clearing balls. I'm so sorry that happened Hey guys, to you. I hope you're enjoying Horrible. the episode so far. But as you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women and every time I've watched a thin eater eat, I realize that maintaining a healthy weight is a skill that can be taught and mastered over time. That's why I created a video course that will teach you all the tips that I learned to help me lose over 30 pounds. It's way more powerful to watch the thin eaters than even to listen or to read it. Go to ChantalRayWay.com slash video for a free glimpse. If you're wanting to take yourself to the next level, everyone needs a coach. Every professional player has a coach. We want to come alongside you and help you in your journey. Go to ChantalRayWay.com slash coaching. I just had someone listen to the audiobook three times and she just emailed me and she said by her listening to the audiobook three times, that's what did it. That's what allowed her to really lose the weight. We have an amazing offer for you. It's the second edition of my book, which has tons more information. It has the audiobook, the ebook. It normally runs for $29.99. You can get it today for $4.99. Go to ChantelRayway.com slash deal to get it. Now back to the show. Well, let's jump right into the listener questions. This first one is from Tara in Boulder. She says, hey there, love the podcast. I have a six-year-old and four-year-old sons who are very super picky eaters. They especially hate eating vegetables and refuse to eat them. Any tips on how I can sneak them into their meals without them knowing? Tara and Boulder. Yeah, first of all, um, kids avoid vegetables when they've been raised with sugar. And the reason I bring that up is that sugar is more addictive than crack cocaine. Multiple animal studies that have proven that. And so, you know, while your kids are little, since I've raised four kids to adulthood, that one of the best tips I could give a young parent is don't have sugar in your house. Like starve your kids sugar addiction because vegetables don't taste good when you're addicted to sugar. There's, there's uh, all kinds of brain chemicals that happen and they make vegetables just loathsome to us. Now, that said, that's one part of it is we got to not have the sugar in the house. And when we have processed foods in the house, some children, in fact, most of them just, they'll just categorically avoid vegetables and they don't, they don't have that future thinking ability. They don't have a developed frontal lobe like you do, where it's like, okay, if I don't eat vegetables, I am becoming nutrient deficient. I am more vulnerable to all these disease states and all these problems. They, they're just like, what tastes good? Give me what I want, right? So it's our job as parents to do that. So there's that factor. I want to just bring that up. But the other thing is blend it, okay? You can also blend it in a soup. So get those blended greens or vegetables. I mean, I put all kinds of vegetables. I put g- like ginger root and turmeric root that you can get in most produce sections of a really good grocery store. Um, I blend those into the blender. So if they like a fruit smoothie, just start slowly increasing the amount of kale and spinach. Um, you can, like I said, you can blend an entire carrot into your uh, your breakfast smoothie. So now um, to Tara in Boulder, make that pink smoothie and you'll be amazed because they'll think it's delicious. It is amazing. That um, hot pink breakfast smoothie uh, I don't know if you have show notes or whatever. Um, You'll email it to me. I'll put the pink smoothie in the show notes. Yeah, awesome. So, but, you know, and if you kind of get a list going of those kinds of things, like if 
If your kids love the hot pink breakfast smoothie, guess what? They're getting beets and carrots in their day. Then keep a list of those recipes and kind of make them your go-to and name them something goofy, right? Like a green smoothie, if they're willing to eat a green smoothie, put put a um, mixed berries, uh, organic mixed berries in it, and it'll make it purple or brown instead of seeing the green of the spinach and kale. And don't make it in front of them, right? Don't make it in front of them. They don't have to know what's in it. Um, and call it Shrek juice or super power blaster juice or whatever you think that your kids will respond to. Awesome. Shannon in Dover, my eight-year-old has asthma and terrible allergies. It's so bad that we can't go over to a lot of friends' houses because they have pets. Is there anything natural we can try to do to help with the allergies and asthma? We don't want to do allergy shots. Shannon in Dover. Yeah, that's actually, I don't know if I mentioned, I told you about my son's serious health problems. It was allergies and asthma. And, you know, until I changed our diet, um, I didn't dare put him in a daycare. I didn't dare take him to church and let him be in the nursery. I mean, we were like recluses. He was like an inch away from being bubble boy because I was terrified that he would get a virus because I would put him into such a horrible asthma tailspin. And so I, I really relate to what you're saying, Shannon. That was exactly the situation that I was in. And after I got my son completely off of dairy, the dairy's got to go. Like right now, dairy has got to go. Dairy and sugar. You may see such a massive difference that may completely change your life just from getting rid of dairy and sugar. Now, what else are you going to put in the diet? Um, what was super useful to me is start the green smoothie habit. I didn't think he would drink a green smoothie. I was your typical standard American diet mom. You know, like I said, feeding my kid chicken nuggets and cinnamon raisin bread and otter pops. Like that's the kind of stuff I was feeding him, which is pure crap. You know, and here his organs and his bones are developing. I didn't know better. I was just doing what all the other moms were doing. And um, I didn't know that feeding him dairy products, sugar too, the dairy products are the very worst, was causing inflammation in his little body, including in his respiratory system where he's getting inflamed tissues. Um, and it's mucus forming. So the body starts to produce mucus because we're not meant to, we, we can't really digest that large fat molecule. So the body produces mucus and then it fills up the small airways of the lungs, those bronchioles, which are spasming from the inflammation um, and are, are, are filled with fluids or mucus. And when you get rid of the dairy products, and I don't mean decrease them, I mean eliminate dairy products. And you don't need dairy products. I mean, there's so many other things you can use now. There's almond milk to put in the granola or whatever. So if you have to take it, you know, you may want to take it further than that. I got rid of all of it. I got rid of the processed sugar, the processed flour, um, the dairy. And it was a massive overnight shift. And P.S., he wasn't allergic to dairy. We're all sensitive. We're all reactive to dairy. We aren't meant to have pasteurized, homogenized uh cow's milk full of steroids and antibiotics um uh and and hormones that that's what that's what's in the dairy products and blood and pus not to be gross but um it's a terrible food <laughs> so and you know back then i i loved it you know cheese was a staple milk was a staple i had gallons of cow milk that i fed my baby when all the way up until he was 15 months old and that day that the the pediatrician handed me a fifth course of liquid steroids. And I was like, these drugs are worse than the disease. You know, I would feed him, I would put the 
bronchodilators in his body and he wouldn't eat. That's how he got to be failure to thrive is the drugs killed his appetite. And he would just lay there trying to breathe. Somebody breathe like 80 times a minute. And here he was nine months old, a year old. It was terrible. So I have told so many young mothers to do this and have them see miraculous results. And you may think, well, yeah, but it's pets. Oh, my son was highly reactive to pets. And you know what? To be fair, he's 26 now. He still is allergic to cats. Mm. So I'm not saying that the allergies will disappear. However, when the immune system is strengthened and you stop putting foods in his body that create this mucus forming situation where his immune system is maxed all the time, he may, you know, have a, a much healthier response to things he's allergic to. But the body's not supposed to be allergic to all these different things. Um, it's, it's a, it's a autoimmune problem. It's a, it's a misfire of the immune system. All right, Brittany in Bethesda, what is your opinion of the flu shot? I usually get one every single year, but I know a lot of people who refuse to because they swear the flu shot makes them sick to get the flu. Should I get one or is there some other natural way I can get to protect against the flu? Brittany in Bethesda. Oh, big question. So um, best thing to do um, is, is listen to my podcast. In the last few weeks, I've published interviews with uh, Bobby Kennedy. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yes, those Kennedys, um, who is uh, an activist and he speaks all over the country and he's phenomenally articulate. He's an attorney and he is suing Merck right now. Um, for the the problems with vaccines, they are they are not safety tested. They especially aren't tested in conjunction with others. I mean, sometimes babies now are being injected with three and six vaccines at once. So go go listen to what they have to say. My show is called Vibe on iTunes and everywhere else. But listen to the the episode that I just released last week. So what are we talking? October twenty uh, nineteen right now. In October 2019, I did an interview with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. that is fantastic about vaccines. And a couple weeks before that, I aired an interview I did with MIT's Dr. Stephanie Seneff um, and also asked her questions about vaccine efficacy. Both of them talked about what total frauds the Gardasil vaccine is and the flu vaccine. And there's a lot I could say, but I want to touch on what else can I do. I want to make sure that I address that for a quick minute. But, um, and I asked Stephanie Seneff that question, by the way. So it's a really great interview that, because that's a tough question to answer in a two, a two minute answer here. But um, I got the flu vaccine when I was forced to in graduate school. I accepted my second year practicum working with children on the state hospital. Um, and psychiatric hospital. And I found out I had to get a flu shot right before. And I already knew that I didn't want a flu shot. I knew that it was not highly efficacious. I knew that it was full of heavy metals and toxins. I had my concerns about it. Um, but I didn't have time to line up a, another internship. And I wanted to do that internship. So I got the flu shot. And after that, I was sick 10 times. I was sick all winter. I was sick over and over and over again. And if you listen to those interviews with Dr. Seneff and, Bob, and Bobby Kennedy, um, you'll hear the why of why does the flu vaccine with all heavy metals and adjuvants and toxins and dead flu um, bacteria, which is just a guess, the CDC guesses 
every winter what which of the many, many, many flu strains to even put in the vaccine for next year. They're guessing. It's an educated guess, but sometimes they're 20% right. Sometimes they're 50% right. Sometimes they're 0% right. So we just got that toxic shot that our immune system reacts to. Um, and we didn't even get any protection at all. So to me, the flu vaccine is, is just an absolute no for me and my family. Um, but I, I want to say that I got, I actually got the flu. Not only did I get sick 10 times that whole winter, which is highly, like all I get, I get a cold every other year, the whole rest of my life. But that winter I was sick and they talk about why, about what that does to your immune system. And I actually, that winter got the flu, the flu got diagnosed with it, tested for it and everything. It's the first and only time in my life that I've had the actual influenza virus. But most people don't realize it's not like you're getting a shot of the flu and there's only one flu and that's the flu that you're going to be protected from. There are many, many, many influenza strains. So really quickly to say, is there anything else? Listen, if you get your children off of dairy products and sugar and processed flour and processed meat and you feed them a whole foods uh, diet, their immune system just gets stronger and stronger and they're not reacting with mucus forming inflammation causing uh, foods. So that's the very short answer to that. But that's kind of everything I teach at Green Smoothie Girl is how to, you know, not be, you don't have to be so scared of flu viruses and other virus, viral and bacterial infections. Um, also, if you just ask at Green Smoothie Girl, I have a list of the six supplements that I have on hand and that each one of my children who live away from home, because there's four of them, that they have on hand. And you have these six on hand, and if someone gets sick, boom, get them on it at the very first symptom, okay? Because when we end up on antibiotics, because none of my children have been on antibiotics in 25 years since I discovered these things that we're talking about right now. Um, you know, my, my son was on antibiotics a lot that first year of his life. Then I discovered how to, how to improve his immune system and clear it of all the garbage and mucus and as, that acidic condition that makes you very vulnerable to viral and bacterial infections. And then I have these supplements on hand and they work. And I'm talking about like a, a colloidal silver and a really good vitamin C. Most vitamin C is garbage. Ascorbic acid is made from hydrochloric acid and, and corn syrup. Don't buy that. Buy a good vitamin C um, and several other supplements and they work. They work if you get your child on them or you get on them at the first symptoms. If you don't use your natural supplements, which really do starve out the infection, and they do very well. And I, like I said, my kids, none of us have been on antibiotic in the last 25 years since I learned these things. So ask at Green Smoothie Girl, greensmoothiegirl.com. Ask my staff for it or ask on Facebook. Ask the Green Smoothie Girl on Facebook and my staff will give you um, this little list, this little wallet card of here's the the six supplements that I think are most efficacious against both bacterial infections, which guess what? Antibiotics don't even work against viruses and viruses. Awesome. Well, if you go to chantelrayway.com slash flash fast, then you can also get this amazing kit and you can do your modified fast. Thank you so much for being on the show. Tell listeners where they can go to follow you and your work. Yeah. Thank you, Chantel on green smoothie girl on Facebook. And you can check out what we've got going on at greensmoothiegirl.com. The site started as um, I was a young mom when I started the site 13 years ago. I was a single mom of 
uh, an eight, 11, 13, and 15 year old. And now life circumstances have changed, but there is a lot of amazing content on there. I've written millions of words on the exact kinds of topics that you guys have been asking here. So it sounds like your audience is, um, got quite a few moms in it, but, but I appreciate, um, you asking. And I think on Instagram, we're at green smoothie girl or something like that. The green smoothie. I think it's at the, the green smoothie girl. We're, we're on all the platforms. <laughs> awesome. And if you have a question that you want answered, go to questions at chantalrayway.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.